This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank uh, you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree <laughs> on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergaff. Hey, thanks for joining us for the podcast once again today. Uh, on the phone with us is uh, Greg Snow this morning, calling him into a little extra duty as our summer friend, Matt Williams, is back teaching school. So uh, he's finished uh, for the summer uh, doing the podcast. So Greg will sit in uh, a little bit on some of these Tuesdays for us before we start picking up Alan Horton again once Timberwolves season uh, rolls around. And uh, Greg, thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. Stepping into the breach here. You're always willing to do that, it seems like. I try to be a yes guy. You know, get you in trouble sometimes, Todd. But, hey, don't mention Alan Horton's name. It gets me excited about some T-Wolves. And I think I'm like the only guy in in Renville, Candy, Ohio County that gets excited about the Timberwolves. But every time I hear his name, I'm like, how close are we to getting going here? <laughs> well, I don't know if you're the only guy that's excited about him at any time of the year. Maybe this time of the year you might be the only guy excited about him right now. But once the season rolls around, uh, I'll get fired up about it. So will a lot of other people. But, uh, yeah, you know, the Timberwolves uh, season a bit off. Hey, well, let's talk a little NFL first. Delvin Cook gets signed by the Jets for a, a package that pretty much resembles what the Vikings were willing to offer him. So it seems like... You know, all I've done for you, and this is all you're going to offer me, I'll take the same thing, but I'm going to do it over here. Uh, it's not that unusual that that happens with uh, professional athletes, though. Sometimes they take less, Todd. Yeah. I mean, again, when you're told that, oh, you're no longer worth what we were going to pay you, mm-hmm. that's hard to come back at a lesser number. Not a lot of guys can do it. Now, they'll renegotiate maybe and stay with the organization, and it's all done behind closed doors. But when you're said packing, and all of a sudden they go, hey, Hey, we'll take you back. And I heard that there was a one-year, $7 million deal yep. on the table from yep. the Vikings, yep. which is still, in today's NFL, Todd, high-paid running back right yeah. now in yep. this in today's world. So, Delvin, I think, I don't know. We'll see how he acts this year, right? Because they'll ask him. There'll be something in an interview. He'll say something, and you'll, you'll pick up on it and go, oh, yeah, he's a little bitter. And I, I don't even know that I blame him. Right, I, I, I just think that when you sign those big three, four year, where the money is kicked later into your into your career, you're asking for some loyalty. And at the end of the day, the NFL's a business. Yeah. I don't blame him. I don't blame the Vikings. It's just the business, Dodd. Yeah, that's right. We'll see if he's bitter or not. We can't say for sure that he is. I haven't heard anything uh, so far, but uh, certainly possible. I, I am anxious to hear what he has to say because, yeah, you're right. They're going to ask him about his time with the Vikings and how it ended, and it didn't end how he would liked. Uh, he would have liked to have played his entire career uh, wearing purple, I'm sure. I think a lot of NFL players feel that way, and most of them realize that's just not a, a possibility. Um, but, you know, so the Vikings, they didn't they didn't really replace him. They just subtracted Delvin Cook from the equation and are rolling with, uh, you know, Alex Madison, who's been banged up uh, here in training camp, as well as apparently this Ty Chandler, who was a late-round draft pick or something, and they're going to just kind of piece it together at running back, which is something Kevin O'Connell is used to doing. I'm in a text group that has made some big, bold predictions about the Vikings' running game in regards to how many yards the platoon backs will have or Madison. And there's just guys who are seeing the NFL and not, I don't think, 
are my, the idiots that I text with. I don't think that they're the only ones who believe that the running back position is super replaceable right now. Right. And bottom line is you need a line. You need an offensive line that's going to create some holes. Now, I had one another guy tell me, oh, Ty Chandler looked great. And I kind of I kind of looked up into the sky and thought, oh, it's preseason yeah. game number one. Let's and not I get don't too excited. Yeah. Right. It's, <laughs> but I also kind of on the other end go, I agree, running back by committee is a place to save some money. you got to pay Jefferson. you got to pay Hawkinson. Um, I, I mean, there's just guys that have to be paid. O'Neal, uh, Derisaw, these guys are going to have to be paid if you want to keep them. And so, yeah, Todd, running back to me is the place you just got to figure out. And then here's the funny part. If somebody gets hurt, there's free agents out there. Has Ezekiel signed with anybody yet? Has Kareem Hunt? No. They haven't. And now they're rumoring them all the time. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott to the Patriots, and Hunt came and visited the Vikings, and then left without a contract. Uh, you know, if if I, I'm I'm kind of glad they didn't sign Kareem Hunt. Honestly, uh, he's so he's got a lot of baggage. Uh, you know, he hasn't really been a, a bell cow back for what four years, something like that. He went through a suspension for uh, you know domestic assault. I'm glad they didn't bring him in. Oh, Todd, I am so happy that they haven't taken either of those guys because there's going to be other options. And wait till game five. Wait till game six. You just don't know what's going to – there might be some more guys cut. That's not out of the question for the NFL. We see it a lot in week two, week three, where there's just surprise cuts. And the running back position might just be one of them. If there's a chance for them to save a little money on the cap or down the road and think that they can get cheaper and younger, they're going to do it. And um, I- I'm sorry, Delvin. I'm sorry for all you experienced backs. It's just where the world is at in the NFL right now. And I love, Todd, that they had to have a meeting, uh, what was it, about a month ago? Yeah. They had this uh, Zoom call meeting to go, what are we going to do? And I'm guessing all of them said, well, what can we do? Yeah. We're kind of stuck. Yeah. That's exactly right. I, after that meeting, I saw uh, Ryan Clark on ESPN. Uh, he's become uh, quite a voice uh, in the league working for ESPN. He played in the league for like 13 years. Uh, and of uh, his last several of those, he was uh, the uh, NFLPA vice president or something. He was an officer in the uh, uh, Players Association, the union uh, for the players. And they were talking to him and they asked him about it. And he said, hey, you know what? I'm sorry, but there's a cap. And there's only so much money to go around. And we can put you, and he brought up several examples of undrafted guys who became stars. And he said, uh, you know, the guys all signed off on this uh, uh, agreement, so they, you know, have to live with it. He said, I I don't know what to do about the running back position, but one thing I can tell you is they should not be their own union. Uh, They should not be allowed to split off from the uh, rest of the players' union to form their own because they feel uh, like they're uh, underpaid. He said they're paid what the market will pay them. Uh, so I thought that was refreshing to hear from an insider, from a longtime player, who said basically what you just said. What are you supposed to do about it? That's how it is. That's the way the league is. You happen to play a position where there's a lot of guys who can do that position and do it well. So you're just going to have to deal with it. Not like they're going broke. I mean, Dalvin Cook just signed a guaranteed $7 million a year contract. If they compare what they're doing 
to the average United States citizen, they should be thrilled and jumping up and down and rolling around on the floor that they just signed a $7 million contract, not complaining because it isn't enough. Now, when they compare it to other positions within the NFL, sure, they're probably underpaid. So maybe they should have a grievance towards the NFL quarterback. <laughs> That's right, because they're getting all the money. There's the people who are getting all, I mean, Daniel Jones, I just, I beat my head against the steering wheel thinking, <laughs> were the Giants that stuck? I mean, were you that stuck that you had to pay this guy all that money? And I just, I don't know the answer, Todd. I feel like these GMs feel like they're stuck. Yeah. And they just have to pay these mediocre quarterbacks exuberant amounts of money. And I'm sorry, if you think Daniel Jones is more than a mediocre quarterback, well, I've got some swamp land to sell you somewhere down in the Everglades because he, that's all he is. Yes. And, and again, he's not going to do anything different to help your team win. He's just there. Yep. And to overpay it that high, oh, it's just I, – I, if I'm a running back, I'm sitting here going, how are most – I mean, there's probably 10 of them that are ranked higher – uh, on the top 100 NFL list than a Daniel Jones, and this guy is going to make 30 million more than me. Yeah, 30. Yeah, I mean it's just crazy to think about where the QB position has gone financially. I've been saying, Todd, I'm waiting for the pendulum to swing back, and it's just not. No. I mean these guys are signing bigger and longer deals, and Burrow is back there even though he's injured, just laughing, waiting to sign this monster deal that he's going to look at. No doubt. And uh, what, there's one other uh, star quarterback that's coming into a contract negotiation time as well. But uh, yeah, Josh Allen. No, Josh Allen signed his deal, didn't he? He already got I his think, uh, extension. I think, Tua's the, I think Tua's the next one kind of on the list. And that's kind of laughable. Yeah. I agree. Uh, I, you know, we'll see if he can stay healthy. So I was watching some talk television the other day. They were talking about the NFL, talking about the Dolphins. And more than one on the ESPN panel was saying they feel like the Dolphins could could win the AFC East as long as Tua stays healthy. Uh, of course, that's a big if. I mean, the guy mm-hmm. uh, when when Tua gets injured, it's catastrophic. Uh, he doesn't. There isn't any little sprained ankle or sore toe uh, with Tua Tagovailoa. It's it's a broken hip. It's a broken neck. Uh, it's it's huge injuries. It's blown up knees. You know, the guy has had uh, uh, big injuries, and not just in the pros. He had big injuries back in college, too. His last season at Alabama ended because he broke his hip. So uh, this is a guy who can be twisted around and, and broken by, uh, you know, NFL defenders. I, I heard also Miami could be the best offense in the league. Again, yeah. we'll see it. We'll wonder what happens there. We'll see how it all goes down. But uh, they built together a nice little roster. It's kind of their time, but they're in a stacked AFC. I don't recall the pendulum being this this large, Todd, for how much better AFC teams are than NFC. I don't recall it the other way either. I, I don't know that I, I've seen an NFL with this lopsided. And you just kind of start with the quarterback position. Yeah. I mean, if Jalen Hurts is the number one quarterback in the NFC right now, I mean, there's got to be seven better in the AFC. Yeah. And obviously the money dictates kind of where you're going to start with evaluating your teams. And the AFC is just back yeah so this Miami Dolphins win everything maybe maybe but they got to go through they got to go through Kansas City Cincinnati Buffalo I am not ruling out the Jets as a possible great team they've built a nice roster and now they add two really nice pieces 
and can do it affordably, yeah. oh, boy, yeah. they might be really good. Who knows? Um, it, although it is fun to see Bill Belichick's team kind of not being talked about. I have to admit that. <laughs> That's right, Belichick. That's right. Hey, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, I like the QBR number because it kind of takes into account everything that a quarterback does rather than just throwing the football. It takes in running. Yeah. You know, it, it, it more heavily weights their statistics uh, if it's a close game late in the game and things like that. So uh, it's Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Tua Tungabailoa last year with the top three guys in QBR. Then it was Jalen Hurts, who was fourth. And then it was a couple of uh, interesting guys uh, after that. And these are guys that played through the season. Uh, Jared Goff of the Lions was fifth last year. Daniel Jones of the Giants was sixth. Uh, where was Kirk Cousins in QBR last year? 23rd in the NFL wow. for qualifying players. There were 31 quarterbacks who had uh, enough action plays, they call them when they're using QBR, in order to qualify. So uh, it, it was not a good statistical season last year for uh, Cousins. I want to say at 23rd, that's about as low as he's been rated in QBR uh, in his career in the NFL. And yet, uh, we thought it was his best season. So it just goes to show, <laughs> didn't we? I mean, everybody thought it was his best Todd, season. Todd, I screamed it was his best year. Yeah. I mean, he is no. I think I have him ranked as the ninth best QB in the league. His numbers, his win, I mean, the, the comebacks that he brought this team to. Yep. I mean, it's hard to argue. I am just shocked by that, yep. that his QBR was that low. Because, yes, Todd and Friends podcast, at least you and I, yeah. we are QBR believers. Yes. This is, this is where we stand, rather than passer rating. Yes. Because Lamar Jackson, by the naked eye, is obviously a way better quarterback than, say, I shouldn't say way is a better quarterback than Kirk Cousins because of everything he brings. Right. But I am shocked by the Daniel Jones, although he is good with his legs, yep. and I am shocked by Cousins. I would have never guessed he was that low. I wouldn't have either until I just looked it up while we were talking. Now, if we are going to pass a rating instead, then Cousins is eighth uh, in the league. So what a difference from passer rating to QBR for Kirk Cousins uh, in particular and for Daniel Jones. So we're looking for uh, Daniel Jones in terms of passer rating. Not not bad there either, actually. 13th uh, in the league and 6th in QBR. So maybe uh, you and I and others are caught up in the Daniel Jones narrative a little. Uh, now, he didn't produce a lot of passing touchdowns and things like that. He's got to do a better job at that. But maybe he isn't quite as bad as we think. And they didn't give him top-of-the-market dollars. They gave him money that has him outside of the top 10 uh, in pay structure for quarterbacks in the NFL. So we'll see if that turns out to be a bad deal for the Giants or not. I think it's a little early to say just yet. Yeah, time will tell, Todd, but naked eye and uh, just gut reaction. Where where do you think you land Daniel Jones in the ranking of QBs in the NFL currently? Probably outside the top 20. Yeah. Outside the top twenty, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I think he's like fifteen to eighteen for me. Yeah, yeah. You know, somewhere in that region. Again, you'd have to sit down with a pen and paper and kind of go through it. Which we, I have a group that we've done the top ten. Yeah, you know, and we kind of stop there because everything else is an also ran. Yeah. Uh, and do you was, and and the, and is Kirk Cousins in the top ten? Yeah, he's in mine this year. Can you believe it? I can. Boy, boy, Bolton's going to be so happy with me. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I got Cousins as nine. Uh, second, second best QB in the NFC, Todd. Really? I, I well, yeah. outside outside of uh, 
outside of Hertz. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people are saying that Goff, though, on ESPN, I've seen more than one say Jared Goff is the best quarterback in our division. So uh, Cousins need to take that to heart. Yeah, I've heard that one, too. And, again, is Stafford going to come back? I mean, you got a lot of things that, uh, you know, you just don't know what's going to happen to some of these guys. So they're basically rankings based on how they looked last year. Yep. Because just we've heard Justin Fields, this is going to be his breakout year. And do, do you believe it? Do you not? Well, I, I don't. But no. maybe it will be. You know, maybe it will be. So that's what's fun about these rankings when we do them with these guys is, you know, everybody, you're just projecting your guessing. You, who, we don't know. I didn't see Cousins having the kind of year he did last year. But then again, if you go with QBR, I'd sit back and go, well, wasn't that good. But I've been arguing it was his best season as a pro. I, I don't know. Where do you stand on that, Todd? Do you agree with that? For Cousins? <clears throat> yeah. Last year? Yeah, I I don't know. You know, so he had all these great comebacks, but there was a reason he had to do that, right? He <laughs> I know. He, ha- I- he, he helped them get in the hole. He dug the hole, he took the team into the hole, and then he let him out of the hole, and everybody had to say, oh, look at what Cousins did. He, he got him out of that gigantic deficit. Well, sure, but he helped put him in it to begin with. So, uh, yeah. you know, I, I, I thought it was his best year last year as well, only because of the number of big throws he made at the end of games to win games, until, of course, the playoffs when he dropped it off underneath. Now, he explained some of that on the Netflix documentary. I don't know that I was buying all of it, um, but, uh, but, he, but, he, but he talked about, you know, that play and how he, you know, he probably would do it over again, but he thought that anywhere else he went with the ball, it was going to be uh, a chance of an interception. Well, sure, but you know what? It was fourth down, so take those chances to drop it off to a guy who isn't, isn't athletic enough to make a player miss with his back to him, like T.J. Hawkinson, just wasn't the play to make. So let's hope that a play like that, isn't it a a little bit of a tragedy that the signature pass of Kirk Cousins' season last year was dumping it off for six yards on a fourth and nine? Todd, I I don't know if I've come around on this guy or what, but I haven't seen Netflix series at all. So you're not going to, I don't want you to sit back in your pretty little chair over there and say, well, (laughs) Greg watched Netflix. But here's, Here's what I'm going to tell you. The defense made the other team punt twice at home yeah. in the NFC playoffs. Yep. I am as upset as anybody about that dump-off pass, but Cousins overall played a very good game. Yeah, he, he did. did enough. He did enough to help us win, and the defense was disastrous. Yes. But that opens up my argument all along of you overpaid for a mediocre QB way back and the credit card came calling. Yep. And you couldn't afford what you needed on defense. You couldn't get what you needed. Some would argue that the drafting was poor. Okay, I, I don't disagree with that. There's been some poor draft picks. But when the defense was that bad last year, and we all know it was, it is sad that his, the whole season and what was talked about was, what are you doing? Yeah. You, just, you just dumped off the ball on fourth and eight. On a two-yard pass. Yeah. Oh, no, Kurt. And, of course, the super ultra-negative people about Kurt are going to just eat that up, which most people would put me in that category. But I will say that I'm going to give him somewhat of a pass on that one because the defense was so bad yeah. at a home game 
against Daniel Jones. Yeah, that's right. They were. Yeah, they couldn't stop Jones running is what uh, won the game. Mm-hmm. They had a mobile quarterback. The Vikings did not. That was a big difference in that playoff game last year, too. Sure, the Vikings defense didn't play great, but Cousins, I thought, got outplayed by Daniel Jones last year. I, not not throwing the ball, but overall. Todd, you, you absolutely nailed it. Yep. Daniel Jones, and this is where why I was okay with Kendricks being let go, who, like I've told many people, is my favorite defensive player in Vic- probably in Vikings history. Yeah. And then losing Anthony Barr, who was actually pretty good at being a spy when the other team would have a running quarterback. Yep. Anthony Barr was off the team. So, again, and the linebacking core, I don't think got any better this coming year, Todd. I think we're going to be in trouble. And, and maybe Flores has some better plans for this than what we saw last year. Yeah. Um, you know, of how do you stop running quarterbacks? You you need a spy. You need a linebacker that sits there and kind of traces with him and doesn't overcommit to a hole that makes it so that it flushes him out and goes elsewhere. The Vikings couldn't figure that out yeah, for some right. reason, Todd. Yep. These guys are paid millions of dollars, and yep. they couldn't figure out, oh, we have to contain Daniel Jones. Yeah. What do you run for, like 140? It was a lot. That's right. Hey, we're all out of time here today, Greg. We'll talk more about the Vikings again next week. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Todd. Can't wait. Greg Snow joining us on the Todd and Friends podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.